Yes, sir. We got a lot of stuff for you today. Big show. Only 90 minutes. A 90-minute sprint today. But we've got a big show. we got to find out if Kaplan broke up with his girlfriend or if she dumped him. we got to find out uh, what the hell's going on with the Lakers. And there's a lot of layers to this. So there are. You're going to have to stick with us here uh, on this because we're going to – like basically outside of like a segment or so, like we're going to do a lot of Lakers today, okay? Because honestly, Cap, it, it, it's where we need to be. It's, you know, right? Like I don't think there's any question today. George, look, today is Wednesday. I got it. The Super Bowl is Sunday. And we're going to likely go really, really deep into the Super Bowl on Thursday and Friday. But at the end of yesterday's broadcast, I was saying to you, that the Lakers need to make a statement tonight. The defending world champs are in town. Giannis put up 47 last time they played. Uh, LeBron wasn't in the lineup. All these different factors as to why the Bucks destroyed the Lakers the first time. Yeah. They're saying Lakers got to make a statement. Well, they definitely made a statement last night. Yeah, and the statement wasn't a good one. Um, mm-hmm. Also, speaking of statements, you made a statement yesterday. Or actually, your girlfriend made a statement that you're not a romantic and that, uh, you know, she's also grown accustomed to that. Like, she's right. used to it. So, right. um, which relationship will last longer at the moment, yours or Russ's with the Lakers? Wow, that is a really, really solid question. If I had to base it on today, and the day's not over yet, but I'd say I actually have a better chance of maintaining my relationship than Russ has of maintaining his with the Lakers right now. That's right now. Yeah, I think that's plausible. Um, I don't think he's getting moved tomorrow. If that's uh, although I do think that they're going to do everything they can to exhaust every option to perhaps move him by tomorrow. And if that doesn't happen, they will exhaust every option to move him by the off season. But I, I, And I have what I think or what I believe to be is the holdup in the Russ potential trade situation, which we'll get to in a second. But let's go back to what you just referenced yesterday. Okay. So, look, the gloves are off mm-hmm. between Russ and Frank Vogel. Is that fair yeah. to say? <laughs> yeah, obviously. I mean, listen, I watched the game, even though I said, do I really need to sit around and watch the fourth quarter? The Lakers did make it interesting for just a second, but... The post-game press conferences, George, this is where the fireworks fly, man. I mean, forget the game. The games aren't even entertaining at this point. It's the post-game press conferences that make us all sit around thereafter. I'll bet you the ratings on Spectrum Sportsnet for the post-game were higher than TNT's for the actual game. I don't know about that, <laughs> but... I mean, um, slight I- exaggeration, but what's more exciting, the post-game press conference or the actual game itself? But it is something that I, I, you know, you know how I feel about this. Whenever they lose, the must-watch television is Geeter, Alley, James Worthy, and whoever else is in there with them, okay? Like, that is must-watch television for a number of reasons, but those post-game press conferences particularly are must-watch television. So You got that right, partner. He, he, here's the deal. So, Russ, in that post-game press conference, was asked as Frank Vogel had his 27th starting lineup yesterday. And while LeBron and AD were asked about it, he ba- they basically said, look, the reality is, you know, we're just trying to do everything we can. You know, we've had guys in and out of the lineup. Every time we get someone in there, uh, you know, we take another step back. Somebody else is out, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, they didn't blame Frank in that situation, LeBron and AD. But when Russ was asked about the different starting lineup, here's what Russ said. You don't never know when you're coming in. You never know when you're coming out. You never know when you're playing. You never know 
a bunch of things. Um, and I'm speaking for me personally. It's a difficult process to be able to figure out and creating a rhythm, creating some consistency where we can actually see what we're able to do as a team. But those decisions are made by him and his coaching staff, and we got to live with it and move on. Oh, by dude. Him, him and his coaching staff. Dude, him, when he called Frank Vogel him, I was like, you, you know, a little respect, you know, um, that's the decision that Coach Vogel makes. That's the decision Coach makes. That's the decision Frank makes. Whatever. Him. And by the way, just right off the bat here, for all the time that LeBron's missed and all the time that AD's missed, the one guy that's been there every night is Russ. So complaining about starting lineups and changes in the lineups, like I wasn't buying that for one second. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, agreed. So there's that part of it. So right there, it caught to, like you, it caught my eye. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So this is how we're going to do this. Right, okay? we're going to do this at a press conference. We're going to do this in the court of public opinion. I like yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, listen, for you and me, it's yeah. fantastic. Oh, because keep it bringing is, it. It is exactly what you and I and people like us who are, uh, you know, amoebas and leeches and whatnot. And or you this. called me last week, you called me a vulture. Yeah, vulture. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ah! There you right, go. that's when you started to do sound effects. Yes, I'm vulturing right now. See, I'm I'm flying in. I'm like a I'm like a, a hawk that's looking for a little rat that I'm going to go get in a, in a canyon somewhere. Yeah. Yes. Uh, all right, so then, now everyone saw this. There's a lot of videos out there by yesterday's game, right? LeBron's sitting there miserable. You know, Russ is sitting there kind of like laughing to himself. Now, my guess is he's laughing to himself, not because he's laughing at the situation, like per se, but he's probably laughing at like, I can't believe this bleep is happening to me, right? right? Mm -hmm. um, some people have that kind of a nervous tick, right? Like that's what they do. They laugh. Um, but then he was asked directly about his encounter with LeBron and AD. They had come out of the game. The game was clearly lost at that point. LeBron and AD exhausted themselves uh, to just try to get it within 10 in the fourth quarter, and, you know, it didn't work out. So they're on the bench. Here comes Russ to pat them on the head. Which was weird. They, which was yeah. really, really weird, wasn't it? Like, you don't yeah, – it was you weird. Would think like LeBron would be the guy consoling somebody or trying to hype somebody up to see Russ attempting – to, I mean, get into the ear and the face and the mind of, of LeBron and AD. That was really, really weird. So he was asked about it, and here's what he said. Just keep their head up, keep playing, tough night. And I told him I wish I could help him. Unfortunately, I wasn't in the game to be able to help them. Um, and that's why I, you know, I came here to be able to help them out. So unfortunately, I haven't been able to do that you know, for them, but it's, that's not my call. Um, I can be there you know, as a leader. Oh, dude. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Yeah. I am so, just yeah yeah. Uh, this is bad. It now, is that, now really let, bad. let me just ex let me just explain to you what I know. Okay, okay? go ahead. Because I'm not. I, I mean, there are other people that have probably said similar stuff. I don't know. I haven't watched the news cycle. I've been off social media outside of posting. You should listen to the show today because I'm going to say some stuff. Okay, and what I'm going to say to you is very simple. Um, they oh. want to trade Russell Westbrook. Okay, like mm -hmm. they, I don't I don't care what else comes out publicly. I am telling you right now they want to trade Russell Westbrook, mm -hmm. okay? Now, the problem with trading Russell Westbrook, Cap, is this. The, there's only one? The problem is this, mm -hmm. is that, well, it's actually multi-pronged, to your point. If you trade Russell Westbrook, the best-case scenario is you get a bunch of players who are also on bad contracts, in theory, okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, the other scenario is a team that wants to take Russell Westbrook off your hands is going to want a sweetener. And that sweetener is going to be a pick. 
And the problem is the Lakers only have one pick they can give, which is the 2027 first-round pick. And if I told you in five years where you thought the Lakers would be, what would your guess be? If you had to guess what kind of team they would be in five years? I would guess that they would be the kind of team that they were pre-LeBron showing up. Correct. I would also uh, believe that that would be the case. So because the Lakers are, according to what I've heard, um, reluctant and understandably so to give up that 2027 pick, they find themselves in this conundrum where they're stuck between a rock and a hard place on Russell Westbrook. They're not going to get anything in return that's worth it. Um, at least to my knowledge, I'm not going to speak in absolutes because I don't, you know, I don't like to speak in absolutes. Um, but I would say there's like a 99% chance that he's not getting dealt by tomorrow. Well, look, the first and foremost problem is this. He makes way too much money. So any other squad that would want Russell Westbrook to join, they're like, what are we getting? We're getting a guy who makes $44 million who, if you just give him the ball and get out of his way, he'll, he'll have triple doubles every night. Then the question is, will we win and will we go anywhere in the postseason? If your answers are no and no, then what the hell am I paying the guy $44 million for? So there, there's the first problem is he, wake, he makes way too much money. The second problem is, is that, and we knew this before he got here, he's kind of got an attitude issue. The, the, the comments about coach, he, you know, um, I can't figure out what the lineup is. I can't get into a rhythm. The notion that he walks over to LeBron and AD and he's going to be the leader. When I say he's got an attitude issue, I don't mean like he's a, just a purely bad guy. I mean, he's just like delusional. Like he does not know who he is on this team. Uh, he, he does not. Yeah, you're right. Like, I, I think that the reality is that he's also in this situation where he's not anywhere near the player he used to be, even as, as, as recent as last season. And by the way, and I know Max Kellerman takes a lot of grief about this when he mentioned this about Tom Brady a couple of years ago. Like, you know, whenever it happens to Brady, it's going to happen. He's just going to fall off a cliff, right? And everybody's used that as a joke against him. But he's right. He wasn't right about Brady, but he's right in theory, Kaplan. You've covered sports for a long time. You played college football. You had a cup of coffee in the NFL. Star athletes, more times than not, generally just fall off a cliff. Like, it usually when they get really old or older, it, it just goes from one year to the next. Right, right. Well, in Russ's case, we could all look at his defensive inabilities or lack of intensity or whatever you would want to say about Russ on the yeah. defensive end. But, George, offense has been his game. And he can't hit a shot. And not only can he not hit one, but he doesn't want to take one. So, right now, any other team in the NBA... I mean, unless they're just planning on doing the Lakers a big favor. Hey, I like you. You're a nice guy. Right. Yeah, no, I'll take I'll take him for forty four million. That, that that is not happening. Okay, well, that's why the Lakers are, as you say, between a rock and a hard place. I would say they're screwed. Yeah, they are in a tough spot here. So, in the post game, then LeBron and AD came up right, and listen, let me just say something to you. It is rare, okay. It is rare that you hear LeBron being as forthcoming yeah. as he was yesterday. Oh, dude, candid. Okay? Yeah. He was asked straight up about 
whether they're on Milwaukee's level, which is a conversation mm-hmm. you and I had yesterday. And this is as close to him conceding as I've ever heard him do without actually conceding, per se. Like, I mean on the season, not against the comparisons to Milwaukee. No, he, here's what he said. We ain't on their level. I would have told you that before the game started. Do you think you can reach that level? Where they are right now? Um, I don't know. Do I think we can reach the level where Milwaukee is right now? No. I, mean, I will hope so, but right now, we no, we can't get to where they are right now. I mean, they're the defending champions for a reason. Wow. I mean, LeBron freaking James with a public admission that we can't, we aren't, we're not likely to. I mean, my goodness, LeBron James this late in the season. This even, we haven't even gotten to the All-Star break yet. I mean, right. I know we're kind of deep into the season, but man, oh man, I've never heard LeBron James sound more defeated yes. ever in his never. career. Ever, ever, okay? I have covered this man for 12 years, okay? Not his entire career, but the last 12, basically. And I've never heard him sound like that. I have heard him skirt around some stuff. I've heard him, um, you know, be passive-aggressive about some stuff. That's about as forthcoming as you can get about waving a white flag without actually waving a white flag. Yeah. Yeah, it was was also interesting to me that, and maybe I'm reading too much into it, but Russ had his press conference solo, and LeBron's press conference was he and AD sitting together, and I interpreted that as, we're on the same page. That's why you see the two of us. Don't tell me about a big three. He's over there by himself. We're over here trying to figure this thing out. Yeah, I don't know about that. Like, maybe. I'm not dismissing it summarily, but, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I can't sit here and co-sign on that. You know well, I mean? all I'm like, saying is that's yeah. my interpretation because I'm watching this thing last yeah. night. I'm going, wow. Right. But the reality is this. What I'm telling you is we have hit DEFCON 1 with the Lakers. You know, you know, it's one through five, five being the least, you know, in, in DEFCONs, one being like this is like crazy. Yeah. But we're at, we're at DEFCON 1, right? Oh, now, yeah. The day this thing's the ready to blow. This thing yeah. is completely ready to blow so right now. I, I said after eight games, Cap, I've made a huge mistake with this picking this team to win a championship, and I've stuck to that since. And now it feels like the team is also at that place. Yeah. 710 ESPN has your tickets to see the battle for the Lombardi Trophy. Keep listening every hour for the Super Sounder. Again, it'll happen every hour during our local shows of Travis and Sliwa, Mason and Ireland and ourselves. Going to happen this hour. Here's a uh, little secret. It's going to happen during the commercial breaks. So when you hear it, be caller 7. Call 877-710-ESPN and you can qualify to win a pair of Super Tickets for the big game. 710 Super Ticket Giveaway from your championship radio station, 710 ESPN. All right. Coming up next. All right. The Russell Westbrook thing gets worse. I'll explain why next. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. <laughs> always got to play the Beatles. I'm not anti-Beatles. I'm just like not the biggest Beatles guy. Like, it, just, it is what it is. I love when Ed um, Sullivan says the Beatles. He has to really enunciate the T. Not like the Beatles, like B-E-A-D-L-E-S. The Beatles. Yeah. 
I, I would also add, though, that National Pizza Day, National Chocolate Day, um, Linz, I feel like that's like um, it's a lot of indulging because, for, especially for me, because those are like two of my favorite things right now. Mm-hmm. I think it's mm-hmm. too much for one day. They need to spread them out, like share <laughs> yeah. the wealth, because you can't. We can't like go crazy on pizza and chocolate both today. I mean, you could. Yeah, I can't. You could have like a small piece of chocolate and like a piece, just a slice of pizza. I can't. Well, nobody I, can have. Nobody can have just a slice. I Come went on. crazy on Sunday because uh, my roommate, someone sent her a bunch of cupcakes, and I, I, you know, I'm on the keto diet, so I can't eat like sweets or cupcakes or anything. And I was like, it's Sunday, I'll have one. And then it was just like I went off the rails, and the yep. whole day went down the tube, and I ate like crap all day, and I was like yep. miserable. Yep, I understand. Listen, I've already changed my mindset. I'm I'm starting my diet. I'm starting my running. I'm getting ready for whichever half marathon I ultimately decide to do. So let me guess, Monday? You starting it on Monday? No, no, I've already started. Shout out to Pizza Hut, but I can't eat it right now. Right now, I gotta have real discipline. You know, I gotta be off carbs for quite a while. Gotta lose this weight. Got 15 lbs to lose. I should get that cauliflower crust. No, that's good. I like that. I'll eat that. I do. I do like a cauliflower crust. That's true. Cauliflower crust is good. Uh, but so we've got that. I mean, that's a tough day for me to handle. I got to be honest with you. Loud out. Why were you in San Francisco? Were you visiting some friends? The friend. I got a friend in San Francisco. No, I was there for business. Oh, Ooh, damn, girl. The, yeah. Hell to the yeah. yeah. All right. Then. She was so there for business that last night she was tweeting. She's like, um, <laughs> this bartender thinks I'm cute and he is okay, hitting for, on that me. That was not. At- the night that was in the beginning in the oh yeah and then at oh. night it was a different bartender right and then later she was like restaurants think i hate their food it's just that i can't eat this much y'all and she can't. put out a picture of so much beautiful food in front of her I that if i was there i would have eaten everything on that plate it was fun i, I love the bay area it's a good place it's just expensive to live yeah it's beautiful yeah I, and also the weather's way better here Oh, oh 100%. God. Oh, my God. Yeah. So the weather today? was beautiful yesterday over there. No, it has oh. nice days, but it's not every day. Like, it's pretty when cold. When you have a nice day, though, regularly. in San Francisco, you're like, oh, my God, I could live here. And then the next day, it's gray, cold, wet, and you're like, all right, I'm out of here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I read that, uh, not to get too far off the rails, but I read that this might be the warmest Super Bowl ever this weekend because it's supposed oh, to be, really? like, super warm. Like Yeah, there's, 80s. like, a heat wave coming. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would say Starting that everybody. Today, yeah, right, because it's hot out and it's beautiful yeah. out. And let me tell you something: degrees. people who are here from all over the country, they're walking around in shorts and t-shirts. They're like, "Oh my god, it's summertime!" I'm still wearing a puffy jacket. I'm freezing all the time. But seriously, like the whole world has descended upon LA, and we've got perfect weather right now. Yeah, no, we do have perfect weather right now. It's been fantastic. It's been fun, and uh, I'm actually kind of liking it because it was a little too cold for a little while. Uh, all right, so here's the deal. Um, Russell Westbrook, let's continue this conversation because I know people want to weigh in on the phones. We'll get to that in a second at 877-710-ESPN. So yesterday in the postgame, one last thing. And this one kind of set you off, Kaplan, in our text chat yesterday. He was asked about not being in the closing lineup, and here's what Russ said. Do you have a sense for what benchmarks you have to hit to, to be in the closing lineup more consistently? Um, I don't got that answer for you, brother. I wish I did. I shouldn't have to hit any benchmark, to be honest. I put a lot of work and I got a lot of respect in this game. I, I don't have to hit a benchmark. I shouldn't have to. Um, I earned the right, you know, to be in closing lineups. I mean, I, you know, numbers will tell you. I don't have to explain that. But like I said, once again, that ain't my decision. That's the decision that he um, and the staff think is best for the game. And unfortunately, um, you know, we just kind of just got to 
go with it and figure it out the best way I can and be there for my teammates as much as I can and make sure I come to work and do my job as a professional. So that that you didn't love that answer. Oh, dude, that drove me up a wall. When I heard Russell Westbrook say last night, I don't have to hit any benchmarks to be in the closing lineup. My numbers and my reputation and the respect that I've earned in this game has me immediately in the closing lineup. I want to say to Russell Westbrook, my man, listen to me. There was a time, I'll never forget it, Tony Romo had a press conference when he lost his job to Dak Prescott, and he used a word that I didn't know what it meant at the time. He said, football is a meritocracy. I had to go look it up. <laughs> Ultimately, what it meant was you got to earn your job every day. Now, look, LeBron James is a little bit different, and Tom Brady's a little bit different, but Russell Westbrook is not a career Laker. He's not a 10-year Laker. He's not a 5-year Laker. He didn't win the championship. And he's also playing really bad. Right. But this notion of I've earned the right because of what he had done in his career prior to joining the Lakers. Dude, what planet do you live on? That You know what the, the word is? There's only one word I can think of. What's entitled. that? Entitled. Entitled. Um, no, I don't, I don't think of entitled. I just think that he is, um, you know... I don't want to say delusional because I don't want to go that far. But, like, I, I think he's having a tough time facing the guy in the mirror. Like, I think that, you know, it, remember when I told you Russell's struggling earlier, he should talk to Dwight Howard and Carmelo mm -hmm. Anthony because mm -hmm. they've kind of been through this where right. you, you're you're no longer the superstar anymore. Like, and, and they've had to make that transition. You know, Grant Hill went through that, obviously, because of injury. But, like, like he's got two guys on his roster that have dealt with it. And Carmelo, remember, in a post game, right. said it. We, I got to help Russ. We got to help Russ kind of get through this. And Carmelo is the perfect person to make that happen. Now, maybe Russ doesn't want to hear that. But, it's look, there are former teammates of him of his on television, like our pal Kendrick Perkins today on NBA Today, like not thrilled with the way Russ is handling. He agrees with you. Let me hear what Perk had to say. I'm extremely bothered by Russ and those comments after the game. In what um, sense? In, in a bad way. For the simple fact that, Accountability is is huge, and Russell Westbrook is shying away from that word for some reason, and he can't sit up here and tell, you know, hey, I was brought here to help, but it's out of my hands. No, it's been in your hands. You just haven't delivered. And you know what's weird to me hmm. is that they have a guy over there by the name of Phil Handy, Coach Phil Handy, arguably the best workout guy, uh, the uh, developmental guy in the NBA. And for some reason, Russell Westbrook just won't give Phil Handy a chance. Hmm. So Phil Handy, who is a great, like, assistant coach in the sense of the way he works with guys, he can fix little quirks in their game. Uh, if, if, if Perk is saying that, Russ is not taking to Phil Handy, that he's just basically excommunicated the coaching staff, that's not good either. Okay, well then let me use a different word. If you don't like the word entitled, because the word entitled to me, when I hear Russell Westbrook say, I've already earned the right to be on the floor at the end, not what I've done this year, not what I've done in this uniform, what I've done previously in my career. Bro, wake up. This is 2022. This is a new team. This is a new situation. You earn it. You're not just given it. So I think of entitled. But wait a second. Maybe the word I should be using is, you ready for this, George? Yeah. Uncoachable. Uncoachable. Think about that. Maybe 
Russell Westbrook just cannot be coached. Maybe he's, hey, I make $44 million. You know, one of the things he said after the game last night that I also thought was interesting? Hey, basketball's not the end-all, be-all. It's just a part of my life. It's a short period of time. I'm happy to be home, my friends, my family. This isn't the end-all, be-all. Dude, you you got to live and die with this for right now. And he's not. Maybe he's uncoachable. Maybe he's entitled. Maybe he's both. Let's go to the phones. 877-710-ESPN. Paul in Studio City wants to defend Russ. Paul, what do you got? Well, it's not just defending Russ, man. I feel like all of Laker Nation, right, from the top to down, all the way from the fans to the president to Jeannie and Rob Palenka and everybody and the pundits like you guys and everyone who's on the radio, everybody needs to take a step back for a minute because we're all contributing to this problem. So it's, it's like this crazy panic mode like that I haven't never seen in the Lakers franchise before. And all I'm saying is this. LeBron hasn't been healthy the entire year. Anthony Davis hasn't been healthy the entire year. They played a total of, I think, 18 games together, and they're like 10-8 and eight in those games, but they haven't been consistent. They haven't been able to find a healthy rhythm. We're talking about before the All-Star break against the defending champions, they got their butts whipped, and everyone's overreacting like that's, like that's not supposed to happen. We're not a team that's gelling and has come together, and what bothers me right now as a fan, I'm a lifetime Lakers fan. I've been watching yeah. these for, for, since I was – you know, three years old and Magic and Kobe and everybody. And what's killing me is where's the leadership at the top, right? Like that's what makes Phil Jackson so worth it was that he knows how to get into the minds of the players. We need Rob and Jeannie and everyone at the top to have a unified message of, look, we are pot committed. We have all the chips on the table. We traded the farm away and it's going to be LeBron, AD and Russ. The three of you need to put, stop listening to all this outside noise, all this criticism, all this nonsense, Bring it together. It's going to be a little ugly at first. We're not even at the all-star break. Everybody get together. Make it work. Find your rhythm. Make it gel. And if we're hot, whether we're the A-seed or 7-seed, as long as we're in the dance and we're hot at the right time, the potential for this is still to go all the way. So let's not lose sight of why everyone came together and what the plan was originally. Stop beating up Russ and get behind him and support him and lift him up. I, that is a great call, Paul. I love that Unfortunately, call. it's not soaked in much reality. Because, well, it, it, but it, but it is, it is in. It, there's hope for this gentleman. At least he's got some hope. At least he's okay. got some belief. But, okay. it, but, well, but you're right. I, it's but, not reality because we saw it last night. Last night is reality. Right. And by the way, the post game reaction to it was also reality. Eight seven 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 ten ESPN. If you want to hop aboard, we're going to be back in three and a half minutes. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Oh, I love this song, man. Keep that song going for a minute. I love him. <laughs> Michael B. Jordan is a uh, good-looking fellow. Did you know, uh, Linz and Lauda uh, and Cap, that he used to live across the street from the office, basically? Did I mean, he live he, in the Ritz-Carlton? Did he live in the Staples Center? No, what? No, he lived in one of the buildings across the street. Oh, oh, oh. A long time ago now. He doesn't live there mm. anymore. But Imagine seeing I, him, like, run. 
without a shirt, just like just listening in the sunshine. Yeah, like today that is okay. Let me stop. Hold up, had a moment. You had a moment, huh? Yeah, he's fine, man. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think he lived in the Ritz Carlton. I think it was one of the other buildings. Marcellus Wiley used to live there back in the day. That dude. That dude. I would love to live in a hotel. Like, do you get, I mean, you get all the perks of living in a hotel, right? Yeah, you do. You do get all the perks of living in a hotel. You mean like room service and like your towels changed every day? Yeah, that's that's what I would do if I was rich. I'd go live in a hotel. That's part of like your maintenance fees and all that stuff, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, fancy. Uh, But the, uh, you know, you got to be, well, you also have to be uh, someone like Marcellus who's made millions of dollars as a professional athlete to be able to afford that back in the day. So there's that. Um, I remember there but, used to be a famous college basketball coach. Remember the name Rick Majerus? He coached at Utah. Yeah. Uh, that guy, he, there were always stories about how he lived in hotels. Never had a house, never had a residence, never had an apartment, condo. Lived in hotels. That looks good. Listen, I, would, I, would, I would do it. I've heard, I've heard Mark Davis lives in a hotel in Vegas. Well, you know, so. Oh, really? I thought he lived in a P.F. Chang's. I thought I'd heard that, but I guess I was wrong. Or maybe he just offices at a P.F. Chang's. Have you ever heard about that? I, I've not he heard an, about that. An office at a P.F. Chang's? Yeah, like, like at the end of the bar. Like like meetings at a P.F. Yeah, Chang's like all the just time. Like he walks in, he hangs out at P.F. Chang's all day, sits at the end of the bar. That's his office. Yeah. Hey, I know. Well, people do that at Starbucks all the time, so why mm-hmm. wouldn't P.F. Chang's be a place for that? I don't know. They do have that good general, how do you say it? Chow's? General Sows. Sows. T.S.O. Don't they yeah. have that believe- chocolate cake you love, Cap? Yeah, it's called the Great Wall of China. I could yeah. be wrong. Yes, the Great Wall of China. Um, but yeah, like what? I mean, you haven't been to like a coffee shop where people are just take meetings at a coffee shop randomly no, I have. all the time. And by the way, I think so it's called that... the Great Wall of Chocolate, not the Great Wall of China. I think I got confused last night because oh. I was watching the Winter Games and oh, I was yes, watching that that skiing yeah. in the middle of a nuclear power plant. So yeah, yeah Great Wall of Chocolate is what I think it's yes. called. Chocolate, yes. Uh, so yeah, like why wouldn't you take a a, mean, a meeting elsewhere? You know. Why can't P.F. Chang's be that place? P.F. Chang's works for me. If you guys want to meet there, I'll I'll be there. Okay. Fair enough. See you there. Um, Is Michael B. Jordan now kind of like the, like the next, like, has, is he, has he become like at the, like the actor, like that's in that elite level, like the Leo, the Denzel, the, Mm -mm. you know, uh, Jamie Foxx, right? Like, is he there? Like, I don't think so. so, Right. I don't don't think think so. so. And I I love him. No. No, he's got to win an Oscar to do that because he's getting big roles. He's almost there, there, but he's not there. there. He's in the next level. Like, you know, you talk about elite quarterbacks. You go, here's the top seven, eight quarterbacks in the NFL. And then here's like nine through 15, 16. He's He's in that second list. Yeah, he's 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 in the. He's he's only 35. Like, he's still very young. You know what I mean? For an actor. Dude is yoked, by the way. Just freaking yoked. yoked. I'm telling yeah. you, running down alley live, no shirt. Yeah, he, I'm just. I, I mean, maybe he's not there yet, but he's clo- He's getting. He's gonna. He's get getting there. there. Yeah, I feel he's like gonna he got there. nominated, didn't he? Get nominated for an Oscar? I think he I might have. Have to look that up. Um, but he, he's he's definitely like getting there. Like he's been in some really good movies. Getting there is there. the key. Okay. Yeah, might be on the on the path on the on. Close he might path. be on Denzel Ave. Yeah. But I'm not sure that he's actually on the you know, street, right? Okay, mm-hmm. fair enough. Fair enough. I'm just asking, like, if he's the so is he like he's like Joe Burrow, basically? I don't know. Joe Burrow is kind of considered one of those guys 
who's, you know, of of the elite, especially of the young guys in the NFL. Now with Tom Brady gone and that whole generation of Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, Phillip I mean, Rivers, the Ben New York Times ranked Michael B. Jordan 15th on their list of 25 greatest actors of the 21st century. Wow. Wow. That's why I'm saying, like, he may not – I don't know if he has – I don't think he has an Oscar, but, like, Denzel didn't have one for a long time either. What's his he, biggest movie? Michael B. Um, Jordan. Well, the movie that really put him on the map was Fruitville Station, which is fantastic, with Ryan Coogler, who also then directed Creed and directed Black Panther, and um, and he was in all those movies too. Um, so, I mean, he, he's been in, you know, a couple of, like, really big Well, I mean, he, he has done Marvel too, so, I mean, that's right, he's like... Done, right, the Marvel stuff, Black Panther, right. right. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a bunch of movies coming out, you know, so... He, I mean, he's good, and I love him, and I definitely think he's going to be in that you know in that street that we're talking about but right now would i okay put he's him not in? there yet that's no. fine yeah all right that's fine just saying i'm i'll make a bold prediction i'm buying michael b jordan stock not that that should be like oh some, you should probably, always it's expensive you the, stock. Uh, you should yeah. buy the michael b jordan nft yeah i will mm-hmm. how about that that's mm-hmm. what i'll do all right so here's the deal with this Russ situation right so everyone's looking at russ we had uh the gentleman paul in studio city call in you know like, say, hey, just be more positive. I just don't know if that's going to help at this point. It's not going to help. Look, I mean, they're trying to tr- actively trade him. Trade listen, him. He, like, that's reality. The the guy, and I, I remember so vividly the day that it was announced that he was coming to the Lakers. And Laker fans were rejoicing as if automatic championship is now ours. And I can remember thinking to myself, I don't know if the chemistry's going to work. Forget about the skill set in the game, the chemistry. When I see Russ last night walk over to LeBron on his left, AD on his right, neither of those two guys are listening to a word he's saying, and he's putting his hands on their shoulders, and then he puts his hand on LeBron's head like he palmed LeBron's head like a yeah. ball. Yeah, yeah. I was like, bro. It was weird. That, that's LeBron. He, if he does that to you, it's fine. You doing that to him, not cool. It was this weird. is this is LeBron's team. Yeah, it, he it was brought you weird. here. Yeah, it was it was very weird. Um, now Stephen A. Smith had an interesting take I thought this morning about yes, look, there's a lot of finger pointing going on within the Lakers or whatever, but there's one finger that needs to uh, be pointed at in one particular direction. And here's what Stephen A. said: But we ain't letting LeBron James off the hook. LeBron James put this together. Every move, because the problem with Rob Palenka right now, which is why some people believe that Rob Palenka is the one who needs to be on the hot seat instead of Frank Vogel, is because Rob Palenka is being—he's is, nicknamed Mr. Pleaser. You understand? Because he's capitulating to the wishes of LeBron James, Anthony Davis to a lesser degree, but definitely LeBron James. I agree. I agree with Stephen A. I think that, you know, we can all sit here and say that LeBron's not the coach and he's not the general manager and he's not making the decisions. And LeBron had a press conference a couple weeks ago and they were asking him about Frank Vogel's future and he said, I'm not in that business, but he is in that business. And I think that the the number one reason that Russ is on this team is because LeBron gave it a green light. And as much as we're talking about Palenka or a few weeks ago we were talking about Vogel, I mean, I think everybody should be looking at LeBron saying, LeBron, you're a great player. It doesn't necessarily mean you're a great builder of a roster. And I think a lot of the responsibility for why Russ is on this team 
falls on LeBron's shoulders. Am I am I exaggerating here? Am I way off, George? I mean, falling on his shoulders, I think, is a bit much. Here, here's what I would say. I think you were on target when you say green lighting. I think there's a difference from being, and this is where I would push back on Stephen A. I think you you nailed it when you said green lighting. Like, there's a difference from saying, all right, I'm seeking out LeBron and AD's input, then LeBron and AD saying, hey, we're coming to you and say, go get Russ. Right? Well, like, how, I do don't... You think, how do you think this happened? Do you, no, do you I think... understand, but I don't think – well, how did it happen? Because Washington was shopping him, and these teams all call each other, Kaplan. Like, that's what happens. Right, but don't you feel like – at least I know I do – that LeBron, AD, and Russ, and I'm going to use this word, conspired to get Russ to the Lakers – that, no, that, I, I think that it was that they knew he was available, and I think that internally this was discussed, and then they did green light it. So there is some level of culpability. I'm not disputing that, but I think that there's a difference from LeBron put this together to LeBron greenlit this. I don't think that though. I mean, we're talking about uh, if Michael B. Jordan on the same street as Denzel Washington, and you said not yet. He's in a different block or whatever. Well, I would say that that's also a different block from being the guy who quote unquote put this together to green lighting it. See, I think that LeBron and Russ had conversations about, hey, you want to you want to come play with us? Or maybe it's the other way around where it's Russ saying, LeBron, I really want to come home. I really want to play with you guys. I really want to wear, wear a Laker jersey. Come on, man. You can make this happen. I would I would guess this is just a guess that this this marriage happened between LeBron and Russ and A.D., before it happened uh, between the Laker organization and the Washington organization. I would argue that this happened amongst players first before it happened with organizations. You think that's off? Yeah, I, I don't know, Cap. Like, I, honestly, I just think that this notion that he's, like, <laughs> demanding we do X, Y, and Z, I think that him and his team and AD – which is part of that too, right? Like they share the same team as far as representation. I think they have suggestions. And I'll tell you with 100% assurance, their suggestions are not demands because they're not always met. Um. Okay. I don't know of any that haven't been met, but maybe Okay, well, do. I can tell you that there... I, I don't have to get into the details about this, but what I can tell you um, is that not all of the demands and this goes for any star player in the nba they're not all met and but and lebron's no different see i actually have this perception george whether or not okay, it's well i'm telling you your perception question. is inaccurate well right i'm I saying believe. perception versus reality perception is lebron's running this operation and reality may be something different but again i think Stephen a's point is a good one which is we're all pointing our fingers at russ he can't shoot he can't defend. He lives in a fantasy world, etc. But reality is, hey, LeBron had something to do with him being here, and it just hasn't worked out. And now you're in a sticky situation where everybody wants to get rid of him. But okay. how can you? Okay. And you can't because unless you attach the 2027 first-round pick, which the Lakers seem reluctant to do, you're not going to do that. So, look, here's the deal. We're way up against the break, all right? No. Oh, oh. uh, at 5 o'clock, mm -hmm. I've got – We've got some sound about LeBron that I think is something Laker fans need to be have a healthy fear of, is what I would say. At 5 o'clock, make sure you tune into that. Uh, but we're going to switch gears to talk a little football because there's some good news on the horizon about the Rams beyond just the Super Bowl. We'll get to that in a second. It's Hyundai Traffic Center. Excuse me. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. 
You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. There's a whole bunch in there, George, that I really love. Funny how, no, 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 Anthony, he's a big freaking boy. He knows what he said. The funny, what's, what's so funny about me? Yeah, just Tommy do it. You know, the way you tell the story. No, no, no. You said I'm funny. I love that scene. And then as far as the CNC Music Factory, forget about it, man. Uh, CNC Music Factory, everybody dance now, or whatever this song is called, um, was the biggest hit for, I feel like, more than a year. Like, yeah, this, this song is... was everywhere. You know the You know the words? Time. I mean, not, I mean, more than everybody dance now. To the rhythm, jump, jump to the rhythm, jump, jump to the, jump the, to the rhythm, rhythm. Yeah. rhythm, jump. Yeah. I used to know it, not anymore. Come on, let's dance, guys. Grab your girl. Don't take take. I'm your squirrel. It's just a nut trying to get the world. What? I don't know. I got lost. No, yeah, yeah, you're, it's you're, not, you're, not too good. Yeah, it's over. Yeah, squirrel trying to get a nut or something like that. So move your butt to the dance floor. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah you're not. That's it. It's over. Yeah, I think the, the moment. Yeah, I the moment has passed. Yeah, funny Jeff, how was actually better. I, I think. think that your uh, Sean McVay impression sounds more like Joe Pesci than your Joe. Oh, Pesci I need to impression. hear this. Yeah, I need. I heard about this. What happened? Let me hear this Sean McVay. Yeah, I was working on it last week, and I was trying to get it in my head, and and then Clinton Yates was like just doing his own voice, but he was trying to do like the tempo and the things that McVay says, and it turned into a McVay off, and it was a disaster, and then Clinton just wouldn't let it go. He went three hours of doing his McVay, and it was just, they. everybody told me to stop. They were like, enough, you're sucks. I feel like Clinton's voice can lend to doing a McVay because Clinton's got a little bit of a raspy voice, and so does yeah. Sean. Yeah. Um, so I feel like it's more natural for Clinton to have a McVay voice. Can I? Do we have the audio of Cap? Doing the the McVeigh voice. Have Cap? Why don't you do it live? Yeah. Well, I'm, live. I I got to try and get it into my head. Like if I can okay, hear let me a little put McVeigh. This, let me put this five second little thing of McVeigh, and then you can repeat it. All right, let me hear it. I told my fiance if I have to answer a question about tickets, then that person is not getting any. I told my fiance, hey, look, man, you know, we're trying to win a game here. I don't have time to worry about tickets. I'm very grateful for Raheem Morris. I think he's a great coach. I'm grateful for Matthew Stafford. Yeah, I'm, I'm not that far off, George. I'm not I mean, that far off. It's not terrible, but it's definitely not. It feels like you're doing Gruden with a raspy voice. Well, that's yeah. what a lot of people say. An they impression said of an impression. They said it yeah. sounds like you're trying to do Gruden, but you see Gruden's a little bit more like, I tell you what, man. I tell you right now, this is quite a thing. No, no, no. That's Frank Caliendo doing. Gruden. That's correct. That's exactly yes. right. It's third generation. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, listen. It's not my best. My best. I, I think you guys all would agree. Is when I was watching Shaq last night at halftime, and he was like, "Hey, Chuck, Chuck, you know, I want to say that's an awesome Shaq, and you guys know. It. No, pretty terrible. Awesome. Uh, Your McVeigh not as terrible. It's awesome. It's not terrible. I mean, it's. I mean, listen. You know me. I'm fairly like blunt with you yeah, like it, it, not terrible is like you know yeah it's kind, of a, it's kind of a compliment almost yeah yeah borderline compliment say. coming from you thank you yeah hey by the way speaking mm. of uh compliments uh yeah. obj odell beckham jr has been a huge compliment for this team um it, especially in a time when we didn't know what the hell to expect from him right mm -hmm. he's been fantastic he's been really good and you know robert woods has been out he's been great so the expectations are 
okay, go out and win the Super Bowl, and then we'll see what happens in free agency. Now, the Rams are going to have some money to play with this offseason because there's a bunch of guys, especially if, if Whitworth decides to retire, that come off the books. So they, they could actually, for the first time in a while, have some wiggle room in free agency, which means they could potentially bring back Odell Beckham Jr., maybe even Von Miller as well. Um, you know, And Keyshawn w- said this earlier in the week about Odell Beckham Jr., Lauren. I don't know if we have the audio, um, but – he, he he basically implied that Odell would prefer that to be the case. Let me hear what Key said. And I talked to OBJ just the other night, and I asked him a lot of stuff just in general about how he's feeling, how exciting it is. And one thing that he said, he felt like he died and went to heaven, and the one thing he certainly isn't trying to do is go back to hell. And so when you look at being satisfied in a situation – with Matthew Stafford, Sean McVay, Ryan Yarbrough, the, the, the wide receiver coach. When you have a quarterback and you have an offensive play caller who understands you and knows how to put you in situations to succeed, when you're healthy, you're going to succeed. When you're a baller, you're a baller. His mindset is to sit tight with the Rams and continue to try and develop that chemistry and that trust and that understanding with the Rams organization and that team. To move again would only be to chase money. Um, because other than that, his position is pretty much etched in stone with the Rams, but I think OBJ is a Ram for the remainder of his career. So uh, that sounds – I would sign up for that for sure. Wouldn't you? Yeah. Listen, here's the thing, and we've been talking about Russell Westbrook a lot today, right? When when Odell Beckham came to the Rams this season, my perception was he's a bad guy. He's a bad locker room guy. He's not a good teammate. He's self-centered. He's a diva. He's about his own stats. These were my perceptions. Since he's joined the Rams, he's been professional. He's been a great teammate. He's been incredibly productive. Um, He's been everything you've wanted him to be. Russell Westbrook should take a lesson from Odell Beckham, what he was versus what he is. You know, And, and so I would, listen, right now, if you said to me, you want Odell Beckham back next year, you want him on the Rams, hell yeah, I want him on the Rams. I think he's been a a huge surprise for people like me okay. who had a negative now, perception of him. Now, now Linz, I know that you have a bad taste in your mouth from his uh, stint in Cleveland, but, I mean, he's been really good here. Well, I mean, it's easy to be good when you're somewhere where you want to be and, you know, you <laughs> you, you worked it out to get traded to a, a team that was on the up and up and not Well, he, got, he, he was actually not traded, wasn't no. he cut? There, you he know what I mean. Hard. He worked he, hard to get himself you're right. cut. Right. He, yeah. He he definitely coordinated his exit. That's for sure. Okay, yep, he did. He did. I mean, and that's fine. But he clearly wasn't utilized properly. There's that part of the equation too, right? Well, yeah, I'm yeah. not. That's not his fault. Like I get it, but still, I mean, I don't know. We'll we'll never know the full story of what happened in Cleveland. I can't believe nobody asked him about it. But whatever, you well, know, they, he's gonna they, win. I think Super somebody Bowl. tried to, didn't they? And then it just kind of like. And or, or or was it no? Maybe it was Jarvis Landry just came on to tell him he loved them or something. He like did, that, he did. He he went on. It was gonna, an ultimate you, love fest. But but Lindsay, as a Cleveland Browns fan and as a scorned Cleveland Browns fan, meaning it upset you. By the way, it upset me at the time too. The way OBJ took off and the way that all happened. But you have to at least be flexible and open minded enough to say what he was there versus what he is here. Hard out, Kaplan, get out of the way! What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Loud up, what do you got? That I'm messing things up right here. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, I talked earlier, actually, not that much earlier, but on Monday, about how the Super Bowl is making dreams come true because, you know, 
Dwayne Johnson talked about it. And now one of the halftime performers is also talking about how his dreams are coming true. Um, Snoop Dogg said, I'm still thinking I'm in a dream because I can't believe that they will let a real hip hop artist grace the stage in an NFL Super Bowl. We're just going to wait for that moment and put something together that's spectacular and do what we're known for doing and add to the legacy. And I'm like, dude, that is so true. He couldn't believe that then. Because look, we've had a lot of great performers. And yes, technically, we've had hip hop artists there. But this type of hip hop has not been at a halftime Super Bowl. West Coast hip hop. So I love the fact that they're allowing that. And he's not mm-hmm. the only one, obviously. Kendrick is there. But Kendrick is a little bit more commercial. So I love that, you know, they're thinking of performing gin and juice. I'm like, oh, I'd be so down. Unfortunately, I won't be there to see it live, but I'm going to be somewhere twisted, sipping on some gin and juice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, the NFL was very risk-averse for a while. Remember right, after well, the Janet, Janet Jackson yeah. Jackson thing, they had, um, I think the next year was Paul McCartney right. in Jacksonville, like literally playing a piano. That was the worst halftime show ever. <laughs> I feel like that, was it? Was that in Jacksonville or was it no, in, it was in New Jacksonville. Orleans? I mean, I was had, in, you know why I remember it was in Jacksonville? Because I remember I was so I was invited by a friend, a corporate friend who had tickets. Um, so I stayed for the game. It was one of the last time I stayed for the game, and we I was seated at the um, in the aisle of one section, and on the other side of me, on the other section, you know, divided by like you know the the stairwell or whatever the the stairs, the uh, mm-hmm. the handles mm-hmm. on the stairs going down the the stadium was. Ice Cube and Little O'Shea <laughs> back then, sitting next to me on the other side. Which So I remember it vividly. I think it's pretty hilarious. But it was Paul McCartney. And then after that, it was the Rolling Stones. And it wasn't until they did Prince in Miami in the rain that they got a little more risque, but then they freaked out because he also used his guitar as a phallic symbol. Um, so that kind of freaked them out. Then they went back to like Tom Pre- Petty and Bruce Springsteen and the Who after that. Program. Right, right. And then and then they started to try and get a little bit more. I mean, there were the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Not that they're like you know going to do anything crazy. Uh, Lenny Kravitz, Missy Elliott, Beyonce. I mean, I'm just going through the list. No, but- they did Madonna and uh, and CeeLo and right LMFAO, Nicki Minaj in 2012. They got a little more risque after the Who. Um, but yeah, it it was a minute. Yeah. Well, right. They, they, Everyone the is a Jackson little more thing, risque than the Who, though. True. Well, yeah. well, right. They just decided to go old white guy version because they were like, we can't take a chance. And uh, and now to have Snoop and Dr. Dre and Eminem yeah. performing in the halftime. Listen, every time I've ever seen Snoop anywhere, whether he's DJing or he's actually performing his own, you know, stuff, he's yeah. always he's always got a J in his hands. Is is Snoop going to come out like that? I mean, Snoop uh, prob- probably. I mean, he's allowed to. It's legal, you know. Yeah. Right. This is although California. I don't know. I believe you're allowed to smoke indoors, though. It's not indoors. I mean, considered he outdoors. It, yeah. He oh. did it at a concert okay. that he had when I was, you know, they, and he was really indoors. That was kind of like Lindsay said, outdoors. Yeah, okay. this is outdoors, man. I mean, right. SoFi is not an indoor stadium. It's an outdoor stadium with a roof. Let's just drink some gin and juice, you know? Yeah, whatever, man. It's all good. I'm excited for it. It's Kendrick. It's uh, it's mm-hmm. him. It's uh, Isn't Mary J. Blige also? Yes, that's yes, right. Queen. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Eminem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's uh, you know, a lot of – should be a lot of fun. And then, of course, there's always surprises, right? Like there's never just the, the main people that you expect. There's you know, Cube like coming least, out. Uh, a surprise or two. So, uh, But, yeah, so it'll be fun. So thank you for that, Laura. Um, Again, 
What You Need to Know, brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Okay, so let's finish this Lakers conversation. We only have a couple more segments because we're actually taking you up to the Laker game against the Blazers, which, by the way, Russ may not play tonight, to my knowledge, um, and LeBron is questionable. Why, why would Russ not play? Are his feelings hurt? Back injury, according to the reports. Oh, oh really? Because, you know, he'd earned the right to close. So, Yeah, back injury. Oh, didn't, didn't know about that. Thought okay. maybe his feelings were hurt. I mean, like I'm not going to question somebody's health. Like I'm not going to do that. But, um, but that he's on the he's on the injury report. Mm-hmm. So, with LeBron and this Lakers team, I feel like we're teetering here, Cap, in, in a lot of ways. Okay, because LeBron came to L.A. You know, despite people believing he was only here to you know make movies or whatever the hell. Like LeBron is still about trying to win championships and cement his legacy in any which way he can, okay? And he clearly, and and you nailed this earlier, like he clearly just doesn't have a lot to work with here. (laughs) And Kendrick Perkins, again, our pal, um, who also played, you know, he's played with Russ, but he's also played with LeBron. He's known LeBron since they were kids, basically you know, had a pretty astute observation about what he saw from LeBron last night. The thing is, is that Braun has lost trust into some of his guys, and rightfully so. We have to look at LeBron James' numbers right now. They're through the roof. He's playing like he's at the age of 25 when others are not meeting his level of play. And so when I hear LeBron James say those things, one, he's being honest. Two, he's sending a message to the rest of his teammates, including the guy that was sitting next to him. Um, Listen, I'm not, you know, look, there's been a lot of stuff about LeBron recently, right? Like, uh, I know Wendy, you know, had the story about, uh, or he was on a podcast and he said that, you know, he could see LeBron leaving the Lakers to go join Bronny, right? Like, if Bronny's in the league or whatever, you know, Charles Oakley's out there talking about it, you know, LeBron's left once, he'll leave, or a couple of times, he'll leave again. Um... Here's what I would say, and when I mention the word teetering, Cap, I do think that that's important here, okay? I think that, you know, clearly LeBron James only has a few more years left, perhaps, playing this game, and I think he wants to win championships, and I don't think it is a foregone conclusion that anymore that he's going to finish his career with the Lakers if they cannot provide that. And I'm not talking about just the Bronny thing. I'm just saying if they can't provide a winning formula for him, I don't necessarily believe 100% anymore that LeBron could finish his career as a Laker. Because you asked me this just, I mean, what was it, a week or two ago or right, whatever it was? Right. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, he's not leaving the Lakers. Like, I know he's talking and flirting, you know, about, you know, his old teams and Spolstra and, you know, Cleveland, whatever. But, like, I didn't buy that he was ever leaving. Now, I'm not saying he's leaving now. But what I'm saying is I'm not completely closing the door on it if the Lakers cannot provide the ability for him to win championships or a path for him to win championships. I don't think it's likely but I don't that he'll leave, but I don't rule it out completely anymore. As someone who's not an absolutist, I'm not going 100%. I, I'm at least going to leave the door cracked open potentially if this thing goes sideways. So a week ago, we were having this conversation. We were saying, well, look, because uh, it was Charles Oakley who, who started the conversation saying he's going to leave. And I remember saying, this is a business 
merger. This is not a free agent player coming to put on the uniform and be an employee of the franchise. This is LeBron bringing his brand and the Lakers with their established brand, and this is the two of them merging their brands. It's a business deal. It's not a basketball player deal. And you know what, George? Sometimes business deals end. Sometimes two businesses go into business together, they merge, and then they find out, you know what, I don't like you, you don't like me, this isn't working, I'm out of here. I would have said a week ago, LeBron James is 1,000% going to finish his career as a Laker because L.A. provides so much more for him outside of just basketball. But a week later, and after last night's press conference, I'm starting to think to myself, LeBron may look around and go, you know, I always wanted to play with Steph. I'm at the end of my career. No one's going to fault me for wanting to go to a team that's got championship contender written all over them. I could see him leaving. I really could. A week ago, I couldn't. A week later, I can. I'm riding the emotional wave. He would never go to Golden State. No way. Uh, I, I agree with you, Lindsay. I, he would never go to Golden State. Why? His um, career would take a hit that he would never, ever, ever be able to recover from. His yeah, legacy, and, everything. And, well, and Lin, Linz, by the way, this portion of the show presented by Alignment Health Plan, changing healthcare one person at a time. L- Lindsay, you, you've, you're a lifelong LeBron fan, Cleveland fan. Like You have seen everything, okay? I don't think I've ever seen him react the way he's reacted in that post game. Even some of the stuff I saw in game, like he just looked defeated in a way I haven't seen maybe ever, or at least in a very, very long time. It started out a couple weeks ago when he posted on Instagram when the team was leaving Miami, and I think they lost that game, right? Mm-hmm. And he's posting about like much love or whatever he said for yeah, the four hundred five. What is it? The three hundred five. Yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry, Pitbull. Um, and yeah, and then he was talking like he said he was talking about Spolster and how great he was, blah blah blah. But the, I feel like the social media stuff. He's so calculated. I think that's like the key to like his intentions because then he was posting the other day on Instagram stories the day after they lost. Like you know he's like dancing in his car like it's no big deal. And I just feel like. He is at the point where he is just like, I'm so over this. I've, you've never seen him, like, I guess, you know, reveal himself the way that he has. His behavior has been odd for him. Yes, I, I would agree with that. And Oh, yeah, and I, congratulating the opponent. Right, right. when Reggie yes. Jackson had mm-hmm. that game-winning shot and LeBron was not even at the arena when the Lakers lost to the Clippers and LeBron goes on Twitter and goes, hey, congratulations to Mr. October. That he was a great salute. shot. Yeah. I was like, yo, man, really? It, it, the behavior has been strange. Like, I, it's not stuff I've seen from him. And, again, it's why I'm saying – like, I'm not saying he's leaving. Don't sound the alarms. Don't aggregate me. But what I'm saying is, listen to what Lindsey and Cap are saying. Look at what the stuff you're seeing here. If this thing doesn't get fixed, again, I just don't think it's a foregone conclusion he finishes his career with the Lakers. Like, I, I, I'm not saying it's happening, that he's definitely leaving. I'm not saying that at all. I actually, if I had to lean in a direction, he's going to stay. Um, but I, I, I think this offseason is monumental for the Lakers and this LeBron partnership. Monumental. Well, the only thing that has to happen in this offseason, if it doesn't happen by tomorrow, is they got to get rid of Russell. That, that's just all there is to it. Okay. Russell yeah, Westbrook well, does I, I think that is, that is the first step. And by the way, look, the, you know, I'm, I, I don't think it's happening tomorrow that he's gone, but I do think that it's, it's possible. Um, you know, that this could affect, not that, no, I don't think it, let me retract. I don't think it's possible that Westbrook is, gets traded tomorrow, 
I'm not completely closing the door on that either. Like, a miracle could happen, but it would take that. A miracle is kind Gosh, of my point. Somebody should get a hold of Brooklyn and go, listen, James Harden makes $44 million. Russell Westbrook makes $44 million. I'll trade you my problem for your problem. Easier said than done because it's about who has the leverage. But we, we can discuss that a little bit um, more tomorrow uh, because we're up against it. We're out at 5.30. we got our favorite segment here in the 5 o'clock hour, Radio Tinder, coming up next. All right, Linz, what do you got? So there's a little uh, scandal going on, apparently, in the Olympics right now. Do you guys remember hearing all about Camila Valiva? I think that's how you say her name. She's the 15-year-old Russian figure skater prodigy who everyone's calling, like, the best ever, right? Well, she's reportedly failed a drug test before the team competition at the Olympics. And as a result of that, the medal ceremony for the event has been postponed, delayed, whatever. Uh, She, as I said, was the first female skater to land a quad jump in the Olympics during her free skate program on Monday. And, of course, she was instrumental to Russia's win in the team event. She's also uh, leading the women's single standings in both the short program and free skating right now. And those events are still ongoing. Um, I guess my question here is, considering Russians past, Russia's past history with violating the, the drug ban with the Olympics, the drug rules, do you think that Russian athletes should even be allowed to compete in the Olympics as part of a different team, even though their country is currently banned? Swipe left or swipe right, Cap? I'm going to swipe right and say I do think they should be able to compete. Hope I'm swiping the right direction. Yeah, yeah, you are. You are. But but my questions, though, are she's a 15-year-old child, so she fails a drug test. For what? What what would she be taking? Or I guess the assumption would be what are they pumping into her? Well, she she apparently tested positive for some type of cardiovascular, something that's supposed to like help your blood circulation. Ah, like Lance Armstrong kind of stuff here, huh? I guess. Hmm. Wow. Fifteen years old. Are you serious? Oh man. Yeah. I just. But the thing is, that is, part uh, is the crazy part, right? To me. And what do they call the Russian delegation now? The ROC. ROC. Yeah. The what Russian Olympic for? Committee. No. Yes, because the because the actual country of Russia is not Correct. allowed to compete right now. Yeah. The whole yeah. thing is so weird. I mean, last night, nuclear power plants, ski jumping, the whole Olympics. I don't know. I'm losing interest in it. I got to tell you. Well, I never had a huge interest in the Winter Olympics to begin with. I'm going to swipe uh, left on this uh, because I believe, again, I said this yesterday, right? Like, I can compartmentalize. I can separate um, the situation with the Russian government, the, to uh, to the athletes who are trying to compete. Now, in this particular situation, she was cheating, but she also uh, competes for a country who has been notorious for doing that kind of stuff. Right, but like do, they're but banned. Do we, think her, do we think a 15-year-old is cheating, or do we think that... Correct, the, that she's being f- perhaps uh, coaxed or even forced, perhaps, into yeah. doing something like that. Yes. I just remember that at the last Olympics, there were a lot of people, a lot of athletes, Olympic athletes, that were really unhappy about the fact that they were even allowed to develop this ROC team because they said, well, their country is banned. So the Russian athletes are banned for all these drug test violations and cheating and whatever. So they shouldn't be allowed to compete for the two years. Like, you can't just wait two years, you know? 
Yeah. I don't know, man. I it's don't weird. know. I just This is such a weird story. 15-year-old figure skater is taking some kind of drug or at least test positive for some I mean, kind of drug. I mean, that part is the more disturbing part. 15, I have a 15-year-old yeah. daughter. I'd be like, what? You guys are going to give her what? Yeah. And she's I mean, she's being called the best figure skater ever. Right, she almost got a perfect score. That won't be the case anymore. But, you know, I mean, she's 15 years old. She shouldn't be put through the Ivan Drago method. Right. You know I must saying? break you. So, all right, what's next? All right, so the L.A. County District Attorney's Office announced yesterday that they will not be pressing charges against Trevor Bauer. Bauer, who has not pitched for the Dodgers since June 28th after being placed on administrative leave, had been accused by a woman of felony sexual assault. So right now, both Major League Baseball and the Dodgers released statements saying that their investigation is ongoing, so they're not going to comment right now, and they will once the investigation concludes. Do you guys think that Trevor Bauer is ever going to pitch for the Dodgers again? Cap, swipe left or swipe right? I'm going to swipe left and say I do not think that Trevor Bauer will ever pitch for the Dodgers again. I just think there's way too much negative publicity. He's not worth it. Um, He was a really good pitcher. They paid him an absolute fortune. And um, what he did was he brought a whole bunch of negative publicity to the organization and, and to the clubhouse. And I can't see the Dodgers ever saying, you know what, we can overlook that. He's such a good pitcher, we'll overlook it. So I don't think he'll ever pitch for the Dodgers again. But it would not shock me if he does find his way onto somebody else's team at some point. Uh, I also will swipe left. Yeah, I don't believe that will be the case for all the reasons that you pointed out. It just, it, I mean, look, they could have, like – contested some of the stuff that was going on with Major League Baseball, and they chose not to, right? Um, so I, I think that spoke volumes. So, I, I, yeah, I think he's never going to pitch with the Dodgers again, so I'm swiping left as well. What's All right, next? next one. So Peloton is firing over 2,800 employees, which is like 20% of its workforce. That's wild. Yeah, yeah That's because, a lot of people. Yeah, they, they've had like a serious... Wait, wait, wait. Did Cap's guy no, make it? No, 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 no. Alex Toussaint you know, is not going to be fired. He's like the best instructor, and they better okay. not fire Olivia Amato because lately she's been killing me on the Hidden Hills classes. Well, wait. In fact, I did notice, side note, that Alex Toussaint is playing in the NBA All-Star uh, Celebrity, celebrity game. game. On Friday night. Yeah. So Next Friday. Not only yeah. is he not being fired, he's playing in the Celebrity Game. So, Cap, you can cheer him on there. I'm going to cheer him on. You got that right, sister. All right. Well, as I mentioned... um, Peloton gave its employees a severance plan for all of the laid-off employees and a curious benefit, which is a one-year membership to Peloton. That's yeah. nice. That's nice. Is yeah. It? It, well, it's, it's in addition to the, quote, meaningful cash severance allotment that they're giving based on their job level and tenure with the company. Mm-hmm. Would you guys continue using a service of a company that fired you? Swipe left or swipe right, Sedano? I mean, listen, if ESPN fired me, it'd be kind of hard to not watch ESPN right. all the time, right? right. Like, there's yeah. just, So I would have to swipe left on that uh, just based on, like, a potential current example, you know? Yeah, I so, guess you're right. That wasn't yeah. such a great question. No, it's, not, it's that. not that it's a terrible question. It, it's just that if you're a Peloton employee and you watch the stock price during COVID shoot up into, like, the 200s and change, and then most recently you've seen the stock price come down into the 20s and 30s, um, you could understand where a company's like, oh my God, we, we, we were just, we had a $250 stock. We have a $25 stock. 
I didn't realize they had so many people working there. You say 20% of their workforce is 2,800 people. That's a monster company. I didn't realize they were that big. I was thinking more so along the lines of like, let's say you worked at McDonald's and they fired you. Would you still like... Oh, no, no. I would be patronized their business. McDonald's yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I wouldn't yeah. go somewhere who fired me. Like, you fired me, you don't get my business. Yeah, I would... Oh, I'll give you an example. Like, I... um. For many years, I didn't eat Wendy's because I remember many years ago the Wendy's used to have like these pitas, um, and they had, and then they uh, they also used to have the I think they may still have the spicy chicken sandwich. Mm-hmm. And for years, I, I both I got <laughs> so one time I got food poisoning from the pita, which was crazy, and then another time I got food poisoning from the uh, spicy chicken sandwich. And for years, I didn't. Uh, that's it. I ga- I gave them a second chance. I didn't. I didn't eat Wendy's. It took me at least five years to go back to eat there again. So if they actually fired me, if I actually worked there, yeah, I, I, I'm petty enough to not eat their food and not being employed there. You know what yeah. I mean? Like they just bo- sounds like caused they me bodily you. harm. You yeah, know? It, so- it sounds like they did fire you. Fired your stomach is what they yeah. did. Yeah. All right, we are done here. But real quick before we go, uh, we have another cool giveaway here. In celebration of Super Week, we're giving away tickets to see Green Day at the Bud Light Super Bowl Music Fest at Crypto.com Arena, Saturday, February 12th. Call right now, 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Caller 7 will win two tickets to see Green Day and Miley Cyrus this Saturday. Tickets are on sale at SuperBowlMusicFest.com and Ticketmaster.com. By the way, congratulations to Jeffrey Lee Alexander from Santa Clarita. Uh, That is our person who got qualified for our super giveaway for the big game coming up this weekend and don't forget listen to every local hour on every show uh, travis and sliwa mason Ireland, and us each and every day for your chance to qualify and we'll have a big winner on this show coming up on friday so we're done here uh michael and sliwa will have your pregame of lakers blazers we will have more lakers postmortem uh with the trade deadline show tomorrow stick around uh for the pregame show we'll talk to you mañana see you